Hey, this is George, and I'm three years old. Your best friend and Tarius at App State. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome, uh, welcome to RUF. My name is Chris. If I don't know you, and I'm the campus minister, uh, a, a very special welcome to you tonight if it's your first time at RUF. Uh, it's really good to see you. Maybe you're a freshman trying to figure things out, or maybe you're a senior trying to figure things out. And uh, it's really good to see you regardless. Um, so this is what we do on Wednesday nights, obviously. Um, and we get together, we sing, and we look at the scripture together. And this semester, we're looking at the Apostles' Creed. Okay, if you don't know what the Apostles' Creed is, it's printed in the little, I want to say bulletin. Like, I have this weird thing where I'm like, I want to make it like more churchy and less churchy. Anyway, um, and uh, anyway, it's printed on the sheet there. And the Apostles' Creed is this ancient uh, statement of what it means to believe in, like, in the Christian faith, in the Christian God. And uh, it's very succinct, it's beautiful, because all churches throughout the world hold it. And... Uh, it's very, very old. And so tonight we're, we're getting to that part, and you'll see it's, it's bolded uh, in, the, in your handout uh, that God is the maker of heaven and earth. And really, the Apostles' Creed, in a lot of ways, is um, it's sort of a summary. It's like a notes version of a, of a story, of a long story. And the story that it's summarizing is the universal sort of cosmic story of our entire history as an existence, as a universe, um, and all that. And uh, it's sort of summarizing to us this story that we belong in. And it's interesting, um, whether you realize it or not, you typically put yourself into a story. The reason why we love to watch movies or read books uh, isn't just because we're like loosely interested in other people and other things, but because we see ourselves sort of in that story somewhere. Uh, my daughters, last night I had two daughters, three and one, and they're adorable. And, um, and they, were, they were kind of arguing last night about which one, has anyone ever seen Sophia the First? Okay, this is a show, okay. She was just a girl in the village doing all right, and she became a princess overnight. Now she's trying to figure out how to do it right. So much to learn and see. Um, but they were, they were kind of arguing like, my, my oldest daughter was saying, I'm Sophia, and you're Amber to like my oldest. But Amber's like these sort of like lame, older sister that's kind of mean. She's like, I'm Sophia, you're Amber. And my younger daughter was like, no, Sophia, Sophia. And um, even as children, we, we put ourselves in the stories and we see ourselves in the context of a story. And that's only appropriate um, because what has been happening since God created the world has been an unfolding of God's story, and we find ourselves in it. And really, you could think about the Bible um, as a storybook, as the sort of book form of the great story that God has been working out through time. And if you look at the very beginning, there's a book called Genesis, and it means, Genesis actually means beginnings. And the very first words of this story, you know, kind of the once upon a time of this story, are in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's where the Bible starts because the most basic fundamental thing of uh, the entrance of the story is that God is a creator and that he created everything that exists before God created everything by speaking into existence it was just him and himself and he created and he called everything into existence so we're going to be talking about what does it mean that God is the maker of heaven and earth what does it mean that he's the creator and here's what I don't want to do tonight okay um, I don't want to talk about 
whether or not God created the world. Okay? I understand that many of you may have questions about that, and like that's a live issue for you. You're like, well, I don't know. Uh, I have questions about that. And if you do, I'm really happy that you're here. And I think it's a good place to ask those questions. Um, but what we're going to do is, I'm just going to tell you where I'm coming from. Um, either this book, like I said, this storybook, is either God's word or it isn't. Okay? There's obviously only two options. Neither be God's word or it isn't. In this book, it says God created the heavens and the earth. Everything that exists, God created. And so the question for us isn't, did God create the world or not? It's, am I going to take this at its word or not? Um, if, if you're struggling to, to try to figure out if God created, created everything, um, I, w- I would sort of, in respect, posit to you that that's not like a scientific problem that you have. It's not like a logical problem. It's not an ethical problem. Uh, it's a question of authority. It's a question of who says because if God, if this is God's word and it says God created the heavens and the earth, well, then you have to believe that God created the heavens and the earth, right? Because God himself said it. Um, so I don't really want to focus on the whether or not. What I want to focus on is the so what. Uh, if God created the world, if everything that exists exists because God himself created it, what does that mean for you and for me? And uh, this psalm, we're going to read a psalm tonight. Uh, Psalm number 148. It should be on your piece of paper if you don't have a Bible. By the way, if you don't have a Bible, Liz, put your hand up back there. Okay, there's a book table back there. You can check out books. You can buy books. But there are free Bibles. If you need a Bible, I would love for you to take one home with you tonight. So grab one of those uh, on the back page. But we're on Psalm 148. It's like basically in the middle of the Bible. So if you just kind of look around in the middle, you'll find it. So if God created the world, so what? Psalm 148. Again, this is God's word. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For he commanded and they were created. And he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and, of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above the earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people, praise for all his saints, for the people of Israel who are near to him. Praise the Lord. Let's ask God's blessing on his word. Father, we, uh, we come to you uh, distracted and uh, with competing allegiances in our hearts And, Lord, uh, some of us wondering why we're here, some of us wondering if you're there, and, Lord, we come to you tonight, and we want to learn from you, we want to see you, and, Lord, we can't do that unless you give us, as Will prayed for, eyes to see and ears to hear. We want to see you, Lord, so would you show yourself to us in your word, that we might love you and worship you, in Jesus' name, amen. 
So, um, so we're going to get the so what. What does it mean that God created the world? And I want to look at two things. The purpose of creation, like why does creation even exist to begin with? Okay. And then our role in creation. Okay. That's what we're going to do. Okay, so this is a psalm. If you don't know what the psalms are, the psalms are, it sounds like the word songs, not because... I mean, anyway, but it's, it is a song, right? It's a song book. And um, God's people in the Old Testament, uh, Israel, not the nation of Israel that we know today, but an old ancient people that belonged to God, um, this was their song book. This was their hymn book. Um, and they sang, they sang these songs to God. And Psalm 148 falls toward the end in a group of songs that um, magnify the Lord, that they're very much focused on praising God. This is what some people call like a crescendo of praise. You know, like when you... You have a symbol, it's like, whoosh, like when it gets to the highest point, the crescendo, that is what this psalm is. It falls into this, this place at the very end of the, of the book of Psalms. And it start, all these psalms, in the, the end, these last five psalms, they start and they end with the same phrase. Praise the Lord. Like you'll see this, it says, praise the Lord at the beginning. And at the end, it says, praise the Lord. And I bet you didn't know that when you came tonight that you know one Hebrew word. Okay. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew. And you know one Hebrew word, and it's the word that is translated there, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, praise him, Yah, the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's what the word hallelujah means. So now when you sing hallelujah, you're like, not thinking what the heck is that? It means praise the Lord. So it starts hallelujah, and, and it's repeated throughout the, the song. Praise the Lord, praise him, praise his name. Let them praise the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Um, clearly there's a point songwriter is trying to get across here. Um, and it's that everything should praise the Lord. It's a commandment to praise God. Look at all the things that he's saying that should praise the Lord. We're just going to walk through. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Okay, it starts way up high. Everything in heaven. He says the angels, the hosts. When you're like, heavenly hosts, what's that mean? Because I'm singing in Christmas songs. Uh, it, means, it means armies of angels up in heaven. Okay, Praise the Lord. But he says actually the heavens itself should praise the Lord. It says, praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens, and you waters above the heavens. I have no idea what waters above the heavens means. Okay, I'm just going to leave it there. But I know what sun and moon and shining stars means. And God, the songwriter is commanding the stars themselves, the moon and the sun, to praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, and then he goes down to the earth. Okay, he's up in heaven, and he's up in space, then he's down on the earth. And he's saying, you great sea creatures. The word there is dragons, which is awesome. Um, dragons, praise ye the Lord. Um, sea creatures, I mean, it's talking about sea creatures, but the King James says dragons. Anyway, um, and then it's interesting. Fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind, meteorological uh, occurrences, praise the Lord. Hey, you, rain, praise God. Okay, magnify the, the name of the Lord. Okay, mountains and hills, fruit trees and cedars, beasts, creeping things, not creepy things, creeping things, and flying birds. He's commanding everything that exists in the created order, from up in heaven to down in the ocean, that they should praise the Lord. What God has done is he has created all things, and the purpose of them is to join in the hallelujah song, to say, praise the Lord. Everything that exists, whether it's an animate object, like an animal, or an inanimate object, like a mountain, all of them exist. The stars, the moon, everything that lives in the ocean, they all exist to praise God. 
They exist to reflect back God's majesty. God is, is in a sense, shining down on the creation. And everything in the creation is supposed to reflect his glory and majesty back to him. Think about the sun and the moon, right? Um, At night, you see the sun like my daughter just this morning, or just yesterday said, Daddy, the moon is the middle of the day, right? And she could still see the moon. Because sometimes the, the light from the sun hits the moon in such a way that during the day you can still see it. But the light, the moon itself is not a source of light. Hopefully you know that. Um, it's not like a tiny sun. Just FYI. Some people aren't laughing and they're just like, uh, yes it is. Um, the moon reflects, you know, the sun is over here, the moon is over here, Okay. It reflects the light of the sun down to the earth, so we see it. So we see it, and God has has everything in its right place, and He has everything humming together, working together to praise His name. And uh, it's, it's it's interesting. Look at verse eight: fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind, fulfilling His word. They exist. They don't question, like, things in the creator don't question why they're there. Just by existing and doing their function, they're literally joining the hallelujah song and singing praise to God. Because God created them, the psalm says, and because he sustains them. But it's interesting, until the psalmist gets to verse 11, he really didn't have to tell anything to praise the Lord. Because they do it by their very nature. Everything that exists praises God literally just by existing, except for one, and that's us. We are the only thing in the created order that makes a concerted effort to not praise God, okay? Nothing here needs to be told. Every speck of creation literally knows its purpose, and they know that they're not God, okay? They don't want to be God. They want God to be God, and they're really excited, so they're singing out. Okay, you guys with me? Okay. So, if that's the case, what is our place in creation? Okay, let me back up a little bit. Um, We need to be commanded to praise God because it doesn't come naturally to us. So, like I said, this is a storybook. The first couple chapters um, of Genesis, which is the first book of the Bible, talk about the creation of the world. You should read it sometime. It's really interesting. Actually, if you've seen Darren Aronofsky's Noah, there's a great creation sequence in there, okay, when they're on the boat. Um, some of you are going to tell your parents that I told you to watch that movie, and they're going to be really upset, but um, that's okay, because it's a great movie. Um, but it's interesting, because Russell Crowe is a great Noah, because um, when I think of Noah, I'm like, obviously, he's a gladiator. And, um, <laughs> But when they're, when they're on the boat, he goes, let me, he goes, let me tell you a story. It was the first story my father told me, and it was the first story I told you. He's talking to his children, right? And he tells them the story of the creation, and God creates everything in Genesis 1 and 2, and declares everything good, and everything is perfect. And human beings are living on the earth, and they're joining in this song. So literally, everything's working together. If you watch Oronofsky's film, it's interesting because Adam and Eve, when it shows them, they're literally shining. It looks really weird. Um, because they're reflecting God's light back to him. But our first parents um, chose to distrust their maker. They weren't content with the rest of creation, with God being God, and them reflecting that. They wanted to be on the throne. So they took matters into their own hands, and you may know the story. 
Um, they rebelled against God. And since then, if the I'm going to live to praise God is, is one story. God created everything, and I'm living to praise him. If that's one story, the rightful story that all the universe is, is going on, since Adam and Eve, there have been two stories in the human heart and in the human race. Okay? So that human beings can either raise the hallelujah to the creator and bend the knee and worship him and declare by singing and bending the knee that he is God and I'm not. And I'm happy about that. Okay? That's one story that you can live. That's one story you can live in. The other story is I refuse to bend the knee. I want to sing the hallelujah song to myself, and I will get on the throne, and everyone will sing to me. You either bend the knee, or you lock your knees, and you stiffen your neck and dig in your heels against God. And those are the two stories. And something in all of our hearts has those competing stories. And that negative uh, story that wants to push God off the throne is the one that typically wins. And so tonight, okay, so this is, I'm trying to make this the so what. Tonight, you're either living one of those two stories, okay? God created everything, I'm bowing the knee, or forget him, I'm never bowing the knee to anybody. And um, that can look a couple different ways. You might be here tonight, and if you are, I'm so glad. Um, and you might be here tonight, and you're like, you know what? This whole, like, grand story, like, deal that you're talking about, this meta-narrative of, like, the universe, um, is, like, I, I just don't buy that. Like, I just don't think that's the case. I don't think there's a grand story behind everything. I think that we're here because of just sort of blind processes that happened over time. And uh, that's where we get here. And we're all just holding on and doing our thing until the sun burns out. Okay? And that's great. I, I, I totally respect that perspective. And I'm glad you're here. And I think to the degree to which everyone in here goes, no, 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 God's the creator, means that we're like disservicing our campus. Because this is no longer a place where like, people can come and have different viewpoints. So if that's you, I'm glad you're here. Okay? But you're like, forget the story. The story's crap. Okay? Um, and I'm, I'm, I respect that. Or you could be the person that you're like, okay, I'm here to hear an uplifting message. Not really happening right now. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I came because, you know, like, I'm a spiritual person. You know, but I, I mean, I wouldn't consider myself religious. You know, I'm, I'm spiritual, like I, like, I like to be uplifted. And yeah, there's a story to the world, and it's kind of like, you know, everything will work out. You know, I think everything's probably going to work out in the end. I'm not really sure why. Um, but, you know, and like sometimes I go to church, and I'm not picking on you at all. I'm, I'm super glad that you're here. Um, and I'm glad that you're working through this stuff together with us. And, and, and so if you're that person, you're like, maybe I go to church. But, like, my spiritual side is there, but like when I like make decisions about my life, about like how I'm going to use my sexuality, how I'm going to use my money, whatever, uh, it's not really, I don't really think about that. I just kind of do my own thing I, I, do, I do for me. And um, glad you're here. Like you might, if that's you, you're probably thinking this whole like bending the knee and like worshiping a God that's like up on a throne that I like owe my allegiance to, like, okay, fine, but that's just kind of weird. And that's like not really how I see God. You know, that's just not, that's just not my thing. And, um, if, if, if you fall in any one of those ranges, that's great. And you're going, look, I hear the story you're saying, but I don't, I don't buy that story. I'm living in a different story. Um, but if you fall in those ranges, I wonder if you've ever tasted or bumped against a bigger story than that. 
I know a lot of you guys, um, one, one, things I, one of the things I really like about our campus is that lots of you guys like to, like to travel and help people. I think that's awesome. And um, a lot of you have traveled abroad. And you know this feeling um, where you have gone overseas and you have met a child. And the child has not, you, suddenly you realized your own like, privilege because you live in America. And the child is malnourished maybe. And you've maybe held this child or you've played with them. And like you've helped them get a meal. Okay, and you've looked in this child's face. And in that moment, like you want to preserve that moment for the rest of your life, right? Because in that moment, you felt like for a second that maybe there is this like grand narrative where like everything, like goodness is going to win. And like something in you like really wants good to win. And you wouldn't be sitting there if you didn't think there was some grand purpose for you being there, and in your heart you begin to feel it, okay? Maybe you went into, like, the inner city, and we took a trip to Chicago a couple years ago, and maybe you've sat down with a homeless woman, and, uh, and maybe you've talked with her, and, like, she told you her story, and you're like, that's really cool, because I usually just, like, blow all these people off. And uh, you shared a meal with her, and, like, she smiled when she talked to you. And you just felt like for a moment, like, maybe, like, something is happening that's bigger than me. Okay, I like to ask y'all why you chose app. That's, that's like one of my favorite questions to ask, generally because it's always the same answer. It's some variation of, I visited, and then I wanted to live here, so I went to app. <laughs> um, oh, and like, it's a, it's a good school, too, which it is. It's a wonderful uh, institution. And um, you just like, like, some, like, I've asked a couple people, and they're like, uh, I mean, look around. Um, and, and I, I want you to think about the first time that, you, you know, maybe you drove up 321 and you went through Blowing Rock and you saw, okay, you saw it. <laughs> and it was there. I remember that happening to me because I grew up in South Georgia and it's like, you know, it's like this. Um, or I want you to think about maybe the first time you went up on Grandfather, first time you went up on Rough Ridge, maybe, because everyone's got to go on Rough Ridge and dangle your feet. Take a picture. Um, freak your mom out. Um, or, or maybe the first time you went up on, in Linville and you looked down in the gorge and it was like breathtaking. Or the first time you went up on the parkway at night. Okay? If you haven't done that, you should do it. And it's just like stars. And you're like, it's not like this in Charlotte. Um, and, and for a moment, like, so it stirred your heart, right? Like, you don't go up there because it's like, this is a nice place to sit, okay? You go up there because it stirs you. It stirs you inside. And yes, it's because it's beautiful, okay? Yes, it is beautiful. The beauty is something that amazes all of us and we all connect with. Um, but when you look at a picture of Limbo Gorge, you can see the beauty, okay? It's there. It doesn't stir you on the inside. And I wonder if... For a moment, as you stood on the parkway, or as you stood at Linville, or as you stood on Rough Ridge, you felt something stirring in you because you didn't realize, for a moment, that all of these things that I see, the stars, and the mountains, and the trees, and the clouds, and everything I see, are all joining together, and they're praising God. And there's something in your heart that began to resonate with that. And you felt stirred. And you felt like you had purpose. And you felt like there was something going on in this world that you wanted to be part of. That there was a bigger story. That there was something in your heart going, you were made to join in this song too. Um, what did you do when that happened? 
Did you just like just go back and just say, I just forget about that? No, you wanted to go back to it. You knew there was something more. And here's here's the, here's the rub. Um, everything that you saw, that act of service that stirred you, that vista that stirred you, that that stirred you, that's reflecting, honestly, like in a pale way, the God that created it. Look at verse thirteen. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. Like the, when you go out into the full moon, man, it's really bright. Until you compare it to the noonday sun. And if your heart stirred when you saw that, what would it be like to kneel before the one that created all of that and behold him in his beauty? Literally, and saying like we just sang, you're beautiful. I didn't know what beauty was. I thought something stirred in my heart when I saw Linville Gorge, but it has, it has just pales in comparison to who you are. Like, do you think that that, could you just imagine getting caught up in him and his story? Because our stories suck. Seriously. They're just not nearly as interesting as that. And that's why you came to act. Because you got a taste of that when you were here. And could it be the case that the reason why, and I don't care if you're a Christian or not, the reason why you feel a conflict in your life and in your heart, that something isn't quite right, um, that, that, that you're doing things and in your head you're going, this is okay. But in your heart you're going, I, I, was, I was meant for something totally different than this, for something better than this, for something that brings life. Could it be because you're living a different story? Um, if you've ever gone to a concert and you were the first person out and then you realize you left your Nalgene, okay, in Legends, and you've had to fight to get back in through all those people, you know what it's like to try and cut against the grain of what everything else is doing. And maybe your life is in disarray and conflict internally, because you're cutting against everything that the universe is doing as it sings the hallelujah song to God. And if that interests you at all, okay, you might, you know, I'm, I might have already lost you. That's, that's okay. I hope, you, I hope you come back. If that interests you at all and you go, yeah, I think that I care about another story. I see myself in another story. But I have no idea what to do. Okay. Um. You're in a really good place. And I'm glad God, by his grace, has brought you to that place. Um, Look at verse 14, and we're going to end on verse 14. The psalmist says something really weird. He has raised up a horn for his people. Just like he raised up a horn. Anyway. He's raised up a horn horn for his people. And you're like, what does that mean? That's weird. God said he raised up a horn for his people. In the Old Testament... The horn imagery is of strength and deliverance. What he's saying here is that the reason, like, the only reason why anything in in creation needs to praise God is because he created them. But he's saying we have an even better reason to praise God because he has provided salvation for us. And for the next five weeks at RUF, because we're working through the Apostles' Creed, we're going to look at the person of Jesus Christ. The horn of salvation. The deliverer. The redeemer. And if, you, if you're like, this sounds good, I don't know where to begin. I want you to come back and look at Jesus with us. Jesus is the one that comes into our story. We're going to look at this. 
he comes into our crappy story and goes, let me take you from this place and show you what you were created for. Come, look at him. Go on tomorrow to the, to the skeptics Bible study. You know, that's wonderful. Meet outside the stream at 4 o'clock. Get in a community group and talk about it with someone um, and come back and look at Jesus with us and see if his story uh, is worth living. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your grace. <clears throat> thank you that um, you stir us. Lord, all creation sings your glory and we don't want to kneel. Because if we kneel, it means that we have to change. And it means that we're wrong. And we don't want to admit that. And so, Lord, would you come to us by your grace and show us Jesus. Get us caught up in the story of what you're doing when you created the world and you're redeeming it for yourself. We pray in Jesus' name.